Welcome to Proactive. This is the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of productivity. This is not a podcast about just doing more, achieving more, and being productive in business. Our hosts, Dr. Tina, as well as Richie and Arthur, and our guests each week are here to provide you with tips, strategies, and insights to help you supercharge your best life. Proactive is all about being productive mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if you are ready to produce your best life and balance being with doing, please hit subscribe, get proactive, and share it with your friends. And for today, let's welcome our newest guest. We have with us Jade, Aurora Jade. And Jade is an accomplished woman. She has spent many years in the bookkeeping and financial planning worlds, but she has branched out into the coaching world. She has many certifications in consciousness, consciousness studies, the erotic blueprint. She's an erotic blueprint coach. She's a uh, accelerated evolution coach. She's now also has certifications in spiritual technologies, and she even has a certification in orgasmic meditation, and we can talk about that with her. And she's presently writing a book called More, M-O-R-E, And she loves helping people dissolve life barriers so that they get the actual life that they desire, which is all about what we talk about here is producing our best life and helping people define what is their best life. And then how do we give them tips, tools, and strategies to help them get from point A to point B so they get to live the life that they've always wanted to live. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Jade. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Richie, and everyone who's listening. I look forward to chatting with everybody, whether it's in real time or later on. The the time is always perfect when it's right for you. That is right. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? So I want to ask you just to start with, how did you get from point A from to point B, being in finance and bookkeeping, and then now much more into spirituality, sexuality, pleasure, and how do you blend also your spirituality and your sexuality? Because a lot of people would split those, and those of us in community might actually connect them, right? So I just want to play with you and how you've moved and morphed your own life. Oh, the journey, the journey. Well, and this is this a lot of this will be coming out in my book more. It was 2015. It was my birthday morning. I woke up and I'm just like, what the fuck? Is this all there is to life? I was frustrated. I was borderline depression. I had just been scammed out of money by an online person. I was newly separated, searching for love, obviously found the wrong places, and just was at a loss with how to get my life back on track, how to have a full, rich life. When after 55 years, I had been traveling this journey, thought I was doing okay, and it all implodes. It's not what I expected, and I wanted more. So I I branched out. I started looking, and 
And the other thing that occurred for me and uh, may happen to other women as well is menopause hits like it does. But what was occurring for me is one of the things that uh, they don't mention as being a problem was becoming a problem for me. In my menopausal journey, my libido, instead of going down and tanking and disappeared, went the other direction. Mm -hmm. So I needed some contact. I needed some sexuality in my life. And from that point of being in menopause and waking up and saying, I want more, I started looking a little deeper, a little further and I found orgasmic meditation and took that experience, which led to the erotic blueprints, which rounded out a whole lot more information, dove into learning about spirituality in and around about the same time, because I wanted more. Yeah. How do you blend? How do you like to blend your spirituality and your sexuality? What I've kind of, as I've journeyed along, I realized that there are so many teachings, whether it be yoga, um, religions, spirituality, they all kind of stop at the waist and they don't talk about what's beyond. And one of the things about me waking up in 2015 is I had lost all the pleasure in my life, mm -hmm. not just the erotic, but just the day-to-day -day pleasures. I was just stuck in that grind, stuck in that rut, working, 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 working. And I even now am searching and doing my research into pleasure because, yes, I found more erotic pleasure by going through orgasmic meditation and the erotic blueprints, which give you languaging, ways to go exploring, ways to create a safe container for yourself so that you can, for those of us who are not as adventuresome, we can still explore, but we've already created our safety zone. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of our lives and looking at it, and I'm starting to think that these two things are connected, that there are people out there that don't experience as much pleasure. Not, oh. not just erotically, but just pleasure in general. And I think this filters down and tampers down and limits us erotically as well. Well, I think it keeps us, I come from the medical background, right? You come from a finance world. I come from a medical world and I believe in wellness and we have been disempowered in our own health and wellness by a society that number one prioritizes fear. So we go to the doctor fearing we'll be sick. We don't go to prevent illness, right? We And we don't go to promote wellness. We go to uncover illness in a sense. And we've been disempowered by a system that says someone else and a system has to fix us. So we don't have this belief that we have the ability to stay well and the ability to maintain our own wellness. And what happens is when we live in a fear mode, we live in the fight or flight zone. And the way out of that, I actually spoke with someone over the weekend. My tagline is pleasure and play is how you can be pregnant and birth your best life. And 
when we prioritize pleasure and play, we are much more like a child. We are living in embodiment. We are living in curiosity. And we toggle away from the fear-based nervous system back into the parasympathetic rest, digest, relax, reproduce nervous system, which actually innervates our whole body, keeps our hormones in a healthy toggle. And so just like fasting helps us heal our gut to rest the gut from eating, right? Living in pleasure and play gets us back into love of being alive and love of others and love of our bodies and love of life to toggle out of that stress system. So I 100% agree with you. And even in the medical community, in the wellness sector that's starting to teach this, they stop at the waist too. They don't talk about erotic pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And we are doctors of bodies, right? All human yeah. bodies got here through erotic, erotic pleasure. So what I did Yes, please. In 2015 is I decided to take control of my own life. Mm -hmm. Doctors and everybody else can say a lot of things, but I started to tune in and to listen to myself mm -hmm. because in your gut, you know, when something's right or something's wrong, you know, can I but, just wait, hold on. I want to stop. I want you to say that again, because that is such a critical point of empowerment in your gut you know if something is right or something is wrong for you yeah thank you in not being able to acknowledge simple pleasures shows us that our awareness is not there for us to be able to pick up when something is pleasurable and or when our gut is speaking to us. Yep. So a lot of it comes down to awareness, mm -hmm. which is why I created my company called awareness-strategies.ca. Because I want these strategies out to people so that they can learn to be mindful. And I'll admit, I am not a yoga person. I struggle with meditation because they tell you to empty out and it doesn't work for my mind. Yeah. And I would invite our, you and our audiences that I, I don't know if this is true or not, but my intercalation of different ways to get to that place of mindfully being the many ways of meditation, be it mantra or breath, or guided meditation, um, or even prayer in a service in the religious sectors are encouraging a leaving the left brain and the story by going out of the body, in a sense, by going to kind of leaving and going to breath, leaving and going to no thought, leaving and going out. And the I call that the masculine way of meditating and the feminine way of meditating. And this is just my own made up, whether it's truly masculine or feminine, but I've been in circles now where we get so, we are asked to be so in tune with our bodies and we go so deep within 
feeling every sensation, trying to do a body scan, let's say from the feet to the ankles on up that you're going out of the, the left brain and the thinking brain by going inward to body sensation. And that both ways get you into a place where you're focused on stuff other than your thoughts. Yeah. Both are, you know, if you've got a scale or a teeter-totter, both are on either end of that seat. Correct. And and the truth is, is, you know, there's that whole board. you got the whole gamut in between the extremes. And everybody's going to be a little different. Yeah. You know you're getting somewhere with mindfulness when you have those other experiences that that you can't explain. When your intuition starts kicking in and you go, I know that I know, but I don't know how I know, right? My partner was going through chemotherapy or even he, he got diagnosed with a, a lymphoma. And the one day he threw up violently and I just went, I, I, my intuition was talking to me. So I placed the phone call to the doctor, blood test. And, you know, a day later, she's going, get to the hospital now. And that was pure intuition. You know, something in me was unsettled enough not to stay with what was going on there, but to follow what I knew was the right thing to do which put him into treatment faster and, you know, good results. But um, that was a critical turning point for, for us. You know, he was having kidney problems and just my intuition kicked in and said, check this out, check this out. So being mindful enough to be able to lean into those intuitive moments and see them exactly as such. And as that is part of our wellness, part of taking our lives for ourselves and being able to work with it. And that's how we start listening and learning and connecting with people who are more learned than ourselves so that we can pick up information. The spiritual side of things is, is the acknowledgement that there's more going on in this world than we acknowledge. And those things that are going on in our world are the same things that can help us turn our lives into our dream life when we learn how to use those principles for our advantage. Yeah, it's, it's the same concept of we can't see the air, but we know it's there and we yeah. know we breathe it. So you have to believe in something that you can't see. And I'm the same as you. Meditation was never my thing. I love to work. I love to be busy. That, in a sense, we had a conversation on a show a few weeks ago, and we were talking about meditation. And I said, meditation is meant to be relaxing. And the typical meditation is meant to clear your mind. But I find it very relaxing. I find it very relaxing to to actually do the opposite, to to work myself and and feel accomplishment from it. So I get satisfaction from that. And it came to the conclusion that maybe I should do a bit of meditation because actually scientifically it's supposed to be fantastic for your brain, great for your body, but I prefer mindfulness. I, I really do. I, I think if you can sit there and you can be mindful, whether it's for five minutes, 10 minutes, if you've got enough time, you know, even if it's just two minutes in a day, that changes your perspective on the outside world because it allows you to 
grow within. And, and that's what I found from it. Um, and that for me was the big takeaway from mindfulness is that it can help me grow within so that the, the world around me, I call it the matrix that's around me that I create. My energy pulls in people, my energy pulls in events. And if my energy inside can be positive because I'm mindful of my actions, I'm mindful of who I am as an individual and how I react and act within the world, then I'll pull in positivity. And that's my big takeaway from it. Yeah. Well, what you think about, you bring about. You start thinking about, you know, a new car and a new color. All of a sudden they mm -hmm. start showing up in front of you. Mm, yeah. And it's that same principle, that same energy. What you're creating in your mind is showing up in your experience. By taking the positive and going, what kind of an outcome do I want from this event? And the more we can connect that, we're we're told to um, be, do, and then you have. And one of my mentors says, change that around. Know who you're being in order to have that goal accomplished. Feel into having it as being done and then take your steps to do it. Yeah. So that you're activating thought plus feeling to bring about that manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was listening to, um, to something earlier on and they say that you have to live the life that you want to have. And it's not about pretending to be that person. You know, you're not going to go out and buy a Gucci bag with no money you know, and get yourself into debt. What they're saying is if you want to live a positive life, you want to live a greater, more fulfilling life, then you need to start today right now and start living it because then it will come to fruition. And before you know it, you're naturally going to be that person and that that's where you're going to move into. And you actually guide yourself into that lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I, I invite you with the vibration and the thing there are, we have a mentor that says, you know, like go to, if you want wealth, right? Number one, you can sit in a really, in a place where the wealthy congregate. And if you go there every day, you start feeling comfortable in that situation. If you want to have a life where you're generous and giving, give always of your time. And, you know, you will be a giving human being, even if you don't have the dollars to give. And so then you become that person. And when you start changing who you are into who you want to be, you start attracting and being the person that you want to be. And if you can see it in another, that means it's in you. Because really in the acorn is the entire, not just one oak tree, but the entire forest forever and ever and ever. And so the same thing is true with us. The blueprint of who we are and who we want to be. If not me, then who else? Why not me? We're all born or come to this experience, however you prefer to describe it, with an idea of what it is we're here to experience. Yeah. And uh, like I've told many a person, you know what, if we were not here to achieve that thing that we came here to achieve, you know, the, the universe, the world around us is not 
um, in, it, its intent is not to destroy or to be evil or however you want to describe it. And the proof is in the fact that if it was, we would have wiped ourselves off the map long ago. Mm -hmm. So the energy of the universe that's around us is for good. It's, it's for benefit. It's in, in it for its own expansion of experience. So if we're here to give our individualized expanded experience, why would we not have everything we need to do to have that experience? And so we're set up for success. But we get downloads. So in the first seven years of our lives, right, we're we're taking in the downloads of everyone around us. Yeah. Then, and then had, we get the reprogramming of, right. of everything we, else. Right. And we've had these years and years of fear and scarcity and, you know, there's not enough. And yeah. that's just a story. Because yeah. the universe is expanding and therefore there's always abundance. And even, even global warming, like the only thing constant is change. And so, yes, we are going to have to find a way. The earth is not going to stop if it's global warming and if the weather becomes more extreme. And so this is a challenge for humankind to adapt to a new way of living. Right. A challenge for us to open up to new possibilities, new ways of thinking, yes. expanding ourselves in, and there's gene. Every one of us is born a genius in our own way. Mm -hmm. but when we tap into the genius of who we are, each person, these problems will be solved. Right. Yeah. And if we start coming from collaboration and love instead of competition and fear, we can activate the innate empathy and compassion that's in all human beings, right? Because we can start seeing the world through that eye and then let's do something about it. So on a personal note, Jane, so it sounds like you've decided to make changes in your life. You've decided to add to your both your knowledge and your giving by doing coaching for other people and stuff like that. And you're listening inward to yourself, your partner to get the health you need. Um, what are your practices in the day? What are your tools? So you can keep your energy up. You can keep your pleasure up. You can keep the positive mindset going to achieve the life you want to have. On a daily basis, I'm going to say one of the, the main tools that I do is, is I'm constantly reading and learning more mm -hmm. and always looking for, well, right now, I think my theme for 2024 is um, to expand my awareness, to be able to be aware of more. And I'm working on a course. And I mean, the first thing that course started doing is like talking about when you feel your heart, can you feel the space? And then from there, when you can feel that space and you often will, will just feel your heart and then be at ease, just relax and let the tension go. 
because so often we'll go to feel a body part and we're going like, I can feel it. I think I can. I think I can. And we, we put a lot of energy and stress and tension in there. Be at ease. And then as you go through there, start thinking about your solar plex. And then connect the heart and the solar plex. And then remind yourself to be at ease. These are best done when you're sitting or laying down. And just move it up to your throat after. And then be at ease and just allow it to open. Notice where any one of these three areas are holding tension. Mm -hmm. and be at ease just let that tension go allow that energy that was is within your body to be able to move around um, the work that the spiritual technologies does aids greatly in helping to remove stuck energies mm -hmm. so that we can be at ease you know we may have uh, resentments or hard feelings or you know, issues with family is a family is a great place to learn how to not get upset with your, your brothers and sisters, but to learn to let go because mm -hmm. their journey is their journey. Just like anybody else that's around, that's their journey. Your journey is yours. So the more you can open up and be at ease within yourself so that you can hear whatever wants to be there. Yeah. And you know the processes of, um, when you find something that's sticking, you know, when you're overly critical about someone else or just critical about somebody else, take a breath and say, have you ever done the same thing to somebody else? And if you can see that within yourself, you know, you've got a trigger point there and there's a lot of stuck energy. So by working processes to do and remove the stuck energy, you're doing your own mental health. And that's a term that is not bandied around by much. Mm -hmm. People go to therapists, but then what about all the people who don't walk into a therapist's door because they're not that bad? My son, when he was a teenager, asked me this question and it was so, you know, out of the, the, the mouths of babes, right? He says, mommy, why do we go to the pediatrician every year? Most kids, their body knows how to grow just fine. Most kids don't get sick. Why don't we go to the therapist every year? Because it's really hard to grow up and understand how to think and behave. And it was like, yeah, hmm, really good, good, you know, teenage, right? Think about ceremonies and the ancient, you know, the ancients. And the Native Americans and the Aboriginal, they always had teenage ceremonies, rites of passage, right, that we have. And part of that is there is that growing up of that we have to, There's it's hard to grow up, right? It's hard enough to be an adult, hard to be a kid, but that in-between growing up stage. With these processes and when we'll start learning to do our own mental health, that's when we're able to start reaching into all the, uh, to take a, Vishen Lahani's term, rules or bullshit rules, and examine them so that we can work beyond them when we don't see that they are true. Yeah. So this, these are, you know, like you said, it's wellness. You, we need to learn how to do these things for ourselves. We need to put our own mental hygiene, like, I mean, we all brush our teeth, right? So if we took the same prioritization, the world would be a healthier place.
Yeah. And how many illnesses are caused by stress? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I see so much of the dis-ease in our body starts from emotional stuckness, story stuckness, you know, I'm stuck in my story. I'm stuck in my mental, my mental victimhood. Yeah. There's loads of, and energy. I always say, you know, Annie Lamont, I have it on my desk. Anything will work again. If you simply unplug it for a few minutes, even you. And while that is 100% true, we all need a timeout to unplug. How do we actually recharge? If we're truly a machine unplugging it, Let's it rest, but it has to recharge potentially, right? And well, pleasure is how we recharge. Well, that's that's a way of of it. There there also may need to be some uh, uh, battery upgrades, so we need to up level yes. some of the programming. Correct, right? You the new and improved version. We yes. got to challenge the rules so that we can upgrade the programming. I like that the rules. I hadn't heard that before. Oh, I, I, I heard it. I read it in his book. It's uh, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind mm. by uh, Lahani and uh, Vishen Lahani. And I went, oh, that's that's perfect. That's, you know, rules, bullshit rules. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, he's got a series of questions in that book that, uh, you know, you take take a what you think is a rule like life should be this way and. And put it through the acid test. You know, does it stand up? Does it hold to be true? Yeah. And when they don't, then you need to determine for yourself what is your better truth. Yeah. There's so many stories about how to live. And, you know, in the old days, civilization didn't change very fast. And nowadays it's accelerating. Everything's changing so fast. So there's so much more awareness that someone else's rules in the past may not hold up anymore. Yeah. So very I good. Think pleasure is one of the, uh, it's been on the short end of the stick because, uh, you know, for, for many years prior to the advancement of medical technologies, childbirth was a leading cause of death. Mm -hmm. So how many of our rules around our sexuality are coming back from that era where um, sex was only for procreation, only to, to have kids. And you were careful then because, you know, one of those could be a bad pregnancy and somebody loses their life. Well, I hadn't actually thought about that in that the repression of sexuality was possibly to save women's lives. Somehow I don't think that was... It's an interesting way to look at it. All right. This has been super fun. Proactivators, once again, it is time for us to say goodbye. I'd like to thank our guest, the amazing Jade, for her amazing insights. Please support Jade. Check out her links, web, social media, and more. Please check the show notes for all the details. Remember that our podcast drops every Monday at 9 a.m. Please subscribe. Please share with friends. And until next time, always remember, time is our most valuable resource. So get proactive, be productive, and ensure you produce your very best life.